And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. All right, here we go. Round two, BetQL Network. Produced by Jake Nelliker. With my co-host, Brendan Tobin. I am Sean Levine. Lots of other help around the world on the BetQL Network. Behind the scenes, we appreciate you checking us out here. Coming up in a little while, we're going to lace them up and step into the octagon. Me and BT are going to have to fight each other. But before that, lots of news and notes happening in our world, the combat world this week. Let's go ahead and start with it is official. Michael Chandler will be taking on Dustin Poirier. It feels like we've kind of had this one teased for a while. Now we know that it's actually going to go down. I told you last time that I think Chandler knocks out Poirier, and you laughed at it for five minutes as I told you to stop. How do you think this one finishes? I think Poirier is going to piece him up easily. I think it's going to be, I think it's, I, I think that Michael Chandler is a fun fighter. Don't get me wrong. I really love Michael Chandler. And you know, that guy basically held Bellator on his back for a decade. So I, I don't want this to make it seem like I don't like Michael Chandler. Cause I'm a big, big fan. I just don't think he's as good as Dustin Poirier. I think that Poirier is as, you know, probably underrated as it gets, you know, his losses are like to Habib and Charles Oliveira getting his, his neck, his neck, uh, snatched but I, I just think the world of his striking i know that these guys are probably going to go in there try and stand and bang and i just if you're talking about a war of attrition who's going to come out on top i will take dustin poirier most times i've heard that that khabib fella and that uh, charles Oliveira, i think you called him are both pretty good when it comes to the fight game you're right michael chandler comes in there looking to bang early and certainly dustin poirier has a bunch of different ways to beat you this feels like one of those that it ends in knockout it doesn't go too far they're going to meet in the middle of the octagon maybe it's just wishful thinking for me because after calling out conor mcgregor and taking that deep breath last time i just want to see michael chandler on the microphone again he's like the best there is right now I don't, I don't disagree. He's very charismatic, and uh, that would be a fun matchup versus him and Connor. I mean, we've definitely been there, done that. And I think in a lot of ways, if he does win this, he probably would be the lead pony to go get Conor McGregor if Conor McGregor has come back. Like, there was some weird he, – he did some weird hinting on Twitter this week that maybe, you know, he was done with MMA. He's going to go, you know, be in movies now or something like that. But I think that, you know, certainly that is the fresher fan matchup if he comes and gets the win against Poirier. But I think that – this is kind of Poirier's playpen. When you're talking about two guys are going to go strike for five, uh, you know, for three, five rounds, you know, there's not many guys I like better in that situation than Poirier. You mentioned earlier, friend of the show, Tom Aspinall had surgery. Um, he's going to be out now for a while, possibly up to a year with rehab. Does this clear up or does it cloudy up the heavyweight conversation? Because it feels like we've been talking about him with some of those other names, like a surreal gone and a tight to Ivasa and throw a John Jones and a Stipe in there. And that's off the top of my head. And that's without mentioning Francis and Ganu. So does it make things a little more clear? I guess now that we know, I suppose Curtis blades is now in that conversation somewhere too. I think it kind of just keeps it the same. I mean, it just feels yeah. like there was no fight last week. So I don't think that these guys, I don't think either guy really takes a step forward. I think when that gone to Ivasa fight goes down, that's certainly going to have a big leg into who gets it. I mean, John was teasing uh, himself at heavyweight this week, showing us some hitting. I mean, man, did you see John Jones? Huge. Bro, John Woo. Jones looks absolutely huge. But here's my thing. I don't know. You can't, ju- you know this better than anybody. 
don't judge a fighter just on how he looks necessarily. And I'm not talking about like when they're cutting weight or the walkouts right before the fight. I'm talking about when you see this type of footage. I don't know that being that big is good for a guy like John. It feels like his body was perfect for lightweight. And I'm not saying that he can't move up, but typically when you do that, the results aren't always what you're expecting. He looked huge though. I mean, he looked great. Yeah, I'm not, listen, I'm not going to criticize John Jones technique. I mean, that's, that, that would be wildly sure. stupid of me, but like, yes, I, mean, I just, dude, he just looks like huge kind of bloated. Like I just, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I'm very curious to see now the thing that I think we, we would be under, like, I feel like he could just maul people on the ground. Cause I mean, he was already so good at that as it is. So maybe he just is able to hold guys down even easier. But, you know, was never, like, the biggest power puncher in the world. I, I'm very – I'm fascinated by what this guy's going to look like at heavyweight. I really am. Imagine how heavy those elbows are now for John Jones. Like, goodness gracious. I mean, his uh, he looked like his brothers in the NFL. He looked absolutely huge. So, it is curious when he comes back. And the talk, and it still looks like most likely it's going to be against Stipe. Stipe's a big guy, too, but they don't carry their weight the same way, like – no. I can't wait to see the old guys get face to face if it goes down. It's going to be a crazy one. And I don't even know what to take. Yeah, Steve is just one of those guys. I mean, not many people move better at heavyweight than he does. And so you're done. You're talking about a guy in John who's going to have to get used to, you know, uh, holding all this weight during a fight. It makes things interesting, man. I'm, I mean, I know it's just one, it's just one little clip. And uh, he's, you know, he said again on Twitter, he listen, he's ready to go. He's excited about getting back in there. I can't wait to see John Jones back in the octagon and certainly we've been waiting for him at heavyweight forever, but whew, that was, that was something I was like, man, John beefy. Is there, is there anybody talking about the money side of things here on the bet QO network that you would put your money on when John comes back at heavyweight over John? Like, let's say it's a friend, like a healthy Francis or if they decide to match him up against like Cyril Gone or maybe it's Stipe, is there anybody you would take, put your money against John this comeback fight? Yeah, I think I'd take Francis to beat him. I think that's so. the only one, like, Francis? Francis, just because like goes out there and beats Gone the way that he did on bum legs. And he's just like, he did that with no technique. He just did that because he's a freak and he can just dump people on his head. And I just like, nobody thought that he was going to go out and win a fight like that. And so you add that on top of the fact that he has nuclear bombs in his fists. Um, yeah. I think that that's a scary matchup for John Jones. I think that that's uh, that's one of those things. Cause it, can he take him down? And if he can, can he just be flipped over by a, a, a guy like, uh, like Francis Ngannou? Um, gone. I, I feel like gone's a little too cute. I don't really know if he's got that killer instinct to take out a guy like John. Um, you know, Ty, certainly you got to worry about the range getting in there. He's got to go through the fire and John's so good at those kicks to the knees and keeping guys at bay like him. So Steve is definitely a live chance. Steve has definitely got a shot in that one. Producer Jake all over it today. Finally doing a little bit of good work here. Uh, if we do see Jones take on Stipe, the odds right now, Stipe coming in as a pretty sizable underdog, considering most people think he is the best heavyweight of all time, plus 160. You got to pay for John Jones, which makes sense, minus 200. And if we got a chance to see Nganu versus John Jones, the numbers kind of flip around a little bit. And it's basically what BT was saying. Nganu comes in as a, wow, minus 200, as big as a minus a 210. And then you can get John Jones at plus 280. So if you want Jones as an underdog in this comeback fight, it's probably against Ngannou. If you want to play him as the favorite, it looks like Stipe would be the opponent. It is interesting because that timetable for John Jones is just kind of 
out there and everlasting. We don't really know when or if we're going to see him back in the octagon, but we do know with that video, he does look absolutely huge. Brendan Tobin, Sean Levine, Jake Noaker tapped out here on the BetQL Network. Plenty of other news to talk about. Um, Conor McGregor going to be starring in Roadhouse. I uh, may or may not have played a small part in the uh, in the play Roadhouse in, in high school, my freshman year. My parents forced me to. I don't like talking about it. Anyway, um, were you the, wait, wait, wait. So you were a small part, or like you you were, you were the lead? Like what were you? No, it was a very small part. Like I was somewhere between a tree and the lead act. Like I had two lines and I blew them both. Again, I don't really like talking about it. But anyway, so we know that that uh, Conor McGregor is going to be in the movie. First off, are you going to see it? And second of all, do you have expectations for it? I have very low expectations. And a shameful admission, I've never seen the original Roadhouse. I don't know. Uh, really? I, wasn't wasn't it like what wasn't the whole thing that Rhonda was going to do that a while back? Like when she was on top, that she they were going to do Roadhouse, but she was going to be the lead, and then. That all kind of just fell apart. So Connor's uh, swooping in here years later to to take this idea. This is what's going down. Yeah, they wanted some sort of a UFC connection, so they were just willing to wait along for it. And they were like, it either has to be Conor McGregor, Ronda, or that Sean Levine guy because he did such a good job back in high school. And I told them no. Like I, they didn't offer oh. me up enough money. So I appreciate they ended up the show, right? McGregor. Yeah, it's just weird yeah. though that all these guys at the end of their fight careers. You can either get into coaching like James Krause. You can get into broadcasting like a Paul Felder or a Dominic Cruz or a Daniel Cormier. It goes on and on and on. Or you can take the Hollywood route, and it seems like that's kind of the route that Connor's going. Uh, as soon as uh, uh, Donald Cerrone, the cowboy, hung up the gloves, he said, I'm going to go be a movie star. I picture Cowboy much more having success in the post-fight game in Hollywood than I do Connor. Like, I just don't buy into him being an actor. Yeah, I feel like I could see like Cowboy Cerrone just like on Yellowstone or something like that. Like the the Rebel Cowboy who comes in just messes things up for Kevin Costner. I definitely could see that. It would have, it would have thousand percent worked for Cowboy, and I'm not saying it won't. And I'm not saying I won't see the movie. I'll definitely see it. I just don't know how good it's going to be. Um, it's official. Israel Adesanya taking on Pereira, USC 281. You mentioned right now Izzy is a slight favorite. First of all, what's your early lean? And second of all. Are you surprised only because Pereira's beat him twice, knocking him out once, that he's coming into this fight as a dog? I'm not that surprised. I, I think that people, you know, are, are, are looking at this and saying, look, as, as great as Alex has looked early on, he is Walt, he's still taking on Izzy in a new sport, a new domain. So I'm not I'm not too surprised to see where the odds are at. And, and I think that you got to give some respect to, to the, the level of work that Izzy's put forth. You feel that way, Jake? A little surprised by the odds. I thought it would be a little bit uh, larger difference. I thought Izzy would come in like minus 250, minus 300, even though he's lost to him twice before. It was a different sport, and we've seen Izzy just really excel in the middleweight division in UFC. I just want to say real quick, I have three bets right now placed for future fights, all of which I was surprised by the opening odds. All the odds in these fights have already closed, but – or, or, or gotten closer, but right now I have uh, Charles Oliveira plus 190. I have Izzy minus 165, and I got Dustin Poirier minus 155. I think all three of those odds are a little bit off and a little bit too close, and most of them are already enlarged. I agree with you, man. Go I ahead. think that 
I think especially especially Charles. The Charles thing is crazy to me. The idea that he is an underdog to Islam is wild. And it, it, it quite frankly is a slap in the face. I, I got to be honest with you. Like when when you like this guy is he ever going to get his respect? What does he have to do? Does he have to go take out the entire like Namaga Madoff family tree? Like what what is the thing that'll finally get people to respect Charles Oliveira by the odds makers? Well, the problem is that if he ends up losing this fight coming up to Islam Makachev and the odds tells that he's going to, no matter what you say, and I agree with you, it's disrespectful. Everybody points out Islam hasn't had a top five or top ten fight, and he's not ready yet, and he's just getting it because he's on the fast track because he's Khabib's boy. I've heard all those same things that you have. But what happens when Islam wins? Then what do you say about Charles Oliveira? You can't take away all of his impressive wins. He took out Gagey, he took out Poirier, he's taken out all these different dudes, but he's just the guy that couldn't beat the guy who didn't beat anybody in the top 10. You see what I'm saying? Like, you better go out there and win this one if you're Charles Oliveira. If you want that respect you're talking about. Yeah, but then for if he me, goes and beats... Go ahead. I was going to say, for me, um, if, if Islam wins, that says more about Islam and less about Charles to me I, I that just means i'll stop doubting islam i'll shut up about the top 10 ranking i'll still have all respect to charles but if islam actually goes out there beats charles Oliveira, yeah that's nothing but respect to islam and that says a lot to how good islam is and can be yeah because i would say on the other side of it like if charles goes and beats islam what does that do for i mean it's the it's the, he's the least pedigreed opponent that is that charles Oliveira would have beaten Other well it's kind of the same situation that you were just talking about with uh in the case of izzy where they're just looking for opponents at this point, right? Like, you talk about, oh, they've never fast-rushed a guy like Pereira going from unranked to fighting for a championship. Well, actually, yes, they are right now. Like, it not only has it happened, but it's going on as we speak in the same situation for a guy like Islam Makachev, who hasn't really fought anybody that's all that noteworthy, and now he's going to get a chance to fight for the belt. So they're running out of guys. I mean, the champions are just running through them. It's a little different though. Like Iz Izzy's done it like twice over. Like Oliveira's reign, which technically isn't even a reign right now because he was a fat cat and didn't make weight. Um, technically, his oh, title please. reign. What I mean, that's true. <laughs> He's not the champion right now, but he has not. He's not. He has not been on top of this division as long as Izzy has. So you know they're they're still doing it a, a little bit fast track. And quite frankly, I mean, Islam is getting a little bit of a bumski because of his friend. I mean, let's be real about it. That's why when we talk about Moreno Figueredo 4, just kind of jump into a different weight class, it's still interesting because it's the obvious best matchup, if that makes sense. Like these other ones, when it comes to a guy like Israel Adesanya, he might go out there and kick Pereira's ass. Then we're like, well, no wonder this guy was unranked. Why was he on the fast track? Same thing with Oliveira. I mean, he might maybe even goes to the ground. He ends up getting the neck of Makachev, and we're like, see? That's why you have to fight guys before you end up fighting for a championship. So the promotion's in a weird spot, and even to some extent, no offense to Leon Edwards, but he's only getting a shot right now. The, the promotion has done everything they can to not give that guy an opportunity. I'm not saying he isn't deserving of it. I'm not saying his resume hasn't earned him the chance, but the truth is nobody gives a damn about it. <laughs> the only reason people would watch that fight is because Kamara Usman is half of it. Nobody is watching because of Leon Edwards. Even if Leon goes out there and wins, nobody really cares. So they're just in this weird spot when I say there. I mean, the UFC where – a lot of their champions, talking about Izzy, talking about Oliveira, talking about uh, Usman, are very dominant champions, where they've beat a lot of the number one contenders and beat them multiple times. Anyway, on the other side, BT and I are going to go at it. Guaranteed somebody gets knocked out. The statement's called, you're going to fight me. You're locked into the BetQL Network.